Hello, I'm Guillermina Gonzalez, Executive Director of the Delaware Arts Alliance, your host for today. And today we have a very special show, Kristen Visbal from Louis, Delaware. And I'm sure you've heard about her because she's the creator of Fearless Girl, the well-known sculpture-based or located at this time in, in, in the midst of Wall Street. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you so much, Guillermina. Did the, I get that right? Very nice. Thank I'm, you. I'm so pleased to be here, especially in, in an arts program. And you know what? Uh, and the arts in Delaware are so proud of you these days because you are certainly the talk of the, not the town, the state. Well, thank you so much. I, uh, I'm actually getting messages from all around the world. I know. So Very how does it feel? Rewarding. Uh, it feels uh, overwhelming, actually. <laughs> I think I'm starting to get used to it, but I have for almost six weeks now rolled out of bed in the morning and sat down at the computer and answered correspondence until the wee hours of the morning. So uh, it started to settle down until Mr. Demonica's press released yesterday or a press conference. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I haven't done a lot of art. Let me put it that way. I haven't made much art in the past six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are all entitled to our opinions, but certainly we in Delaware are in favor of uh, that fearless girl not uh, having an extended presence in Wall Street, but be there forever. So ah, count on us. Count on us to, to have a you know, Delaware art video so nicely promoted, and we're so proud of you. And uh, so this is this is a very pertinent uh, interview. But I, uh, let me let me go to more of the basics, Kristen, if you will, because you're an artist more more than anything else, and you need to have an outlet for expression. Um, so tell me about Kristen Visbal, the artist. How do you define yourself uh, from that perspective? Wow. <laughs> I've been creating realistic work for 19 years, and not to diminish that, I love realism, and I was flabbergasted, actually, that I could create realistic work, and it was an accident that I found out that I could, which I think is a simple hand-eye coordination, but an artist needs to evolve, and they need to grow and continue to, to change throughout their life. And I'm about to embark on a distortion series I've been dreaming of making for 17 years. So, and I, in the end, I think I will probably focus my efforts on pure abstraction. I, I feel like, you know, not everyone can do both realism and Amina, mm -hmm. and I think I share this quality with my mother, who was a wonderful pastel portraitist, but mm -hmm. also did many, many abstract works and watercolor and acrylic and oil. Mm -hmm. So we, we share that. And I, I would, you know, I think that the most important issue to me as an artist is motion. And mm -hmm. I try and incorporate it in everything I do, wherever it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And in the case of this girl, you know, the, the advertising team at McCann, New York, on behalf of State Street Global Advisors, said, well, we want a little girl with this on her head. And many of the people on that particular committee were, were women. So really, this particular work was a collaboration of many women. I may have given her her face. 
but I incorporated that motion mm-hmm. and, and made it my work by making her her dress spin and the ponytail spin, which mm-hmm. mimics the wool tail. So that motion is key to my creation, and I see taking it to 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 a, a place beyond reality in my distortion series, which, you know, that really will deal with distortion of the human form so that the form is being twisted and stretched in fantastic ways, mm-hmm. but, but, but always, you know, with a, with a, a sense of rhythm and repetition and, and beauty. Indeed, and, and the motion is certainly a very important aspect as, as far as I can see, not only for the human form, but also animals, also um, undefined forms have this, this motion and, and, and expression, if you will. Um, so, I think it makes a, a work more exciting, you know? Yes. And, yes. and then it captures like this instant in time. You know, much mm-hmm. more exciting to, to have the ephemeral quality to, to the creation. Indeed, indeed. And you uh, transmit that. The motion is transmitted. That is for sure. Now, let me ask you another question. What inspires Kristen to create? Oh, well, golly, that's a, you know... Yeah, Mina, you know, I, I, I will say loudly and clearly that I did not choose art, it chose me. Mm-hmm. And then when I put my hands in clay, mm-hmm. I went back to school at Salisbury State University, and my major was graphic design. I wanted to focus on packaging. And I took this uh, with a 101 class in ceramics, and I put my hands in that clay. And I changed my major to sculpture because I felt like anything that wasn't pure, fine art was going to be skirting the issue for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the same way. I I didn't realize I could do the realism. People kept asking me to do realism. I'm happy to have made what I've made. Mm-hmm. I have a couple more up my sleeve that are realistic. But, um, you know, then I'll turn my attention to the new work. And actually, Fearless Girl, you know, I've had so many requests for reproductions that may actually provide the opportunity for me mm-hmm. to create independent of needing to earn a living. I hope. We'll see. I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to do with that work. It's always a, a, an evolution. Uh, and I believe that that, since this is an outlet of expression to you, gives you the chance to shape it in a different way. You mean to shape the, the, the clay in a different way? Or? Right. Uh, what I was trying to figure out when you were talking is is um, sculpture is, is, is an outlet that puts you very much in contact with the material that you're working on. And, and bronze and clay... You know, I, I, I would say clay is... You know, part of the reason I make bronze sculptures is because I can create in clay. I mean, for me, I really felt like I'd done it before somehow, and of course, in my lifetime, I had not. But that was the sensation that I had that I was at home. And, you know, the drive to create, especially with these new works I want to make, I used to wake up in the middle of the night just crying because I couldn't find any time to express them. So hopefully their time 
has come. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I have to do it. In fact, you know, the life of an artist is so difficult. You know, there's, uh, at every turn, I'm, I'm having to decline an invitation or a family event or a holiday celebration because I have some deadline and I've got to put in these gobs of hours. But and the, and the cash flow has always been feast or famine, feast or famine for 19 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when February rolled around this year, I thought, okay, do you, you know, do you want to continue this way without the, the assurance of, of, you know, a steady income for your later years in life? And I sat down, I had told several friends, I said, you know, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we could do something else. That's 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 an interesting point. You are in favor then of expressing the way you feel that idea to be expressed. So you don't want to be limited, but be being truth to yourself. Right. Well, you know, maybe this is an aside, but do do you know the work of uh, the writing of Elizabeth Kubler Ross? Not really. Okay, so she she is the woman who did all the research on death and dying and wrote a book on death and dying. Mm. And when my mom, you know, died and she was uh, imminent for death, I started to read a lot of, of Kubler-Ross books. Mm. And in one of them, she says, you know, something to the effect of, well, if, if, you, if you live your life and you do what you really love and you're true to yourself, then you're going to live an authentic life. Even if you live in poverty, even if this or that happens, you are an authentic person and your life is well lived. Mm-hmm. And that resonated with me. Well said. And we'll continue the conversation, Kristen, but let me re-engage with the audience to let uh, them know that you're listening into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for the Delaware State of the Arts Radio Show. Our guest today is Kristen Bisbal, the sculpture from Louis Delaware, author of Fearless Girl and a well-known artist here in Delaware. Welcome again to the show, Kristen. I cannot believe that I'm talking to you. You are a celebrity now. Oh, come on. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel it. Well, there you go. You probably shouldn't. Uh, if, If one of the virtues of living in Delaware, as you know, is that we keep things real. Um, yeah, this is this is down to earth. I agree, and uh, you know that the peacefulness of the the beach community has mm-hmm. worked very well for me for a long, long time. Sometimes I feel a bit removed from the action that, that is happening up north, living down here at the beach. But it is a peaceful existence, and frankly, I get the bulk of my work in the middle done in the middle of the winter. There's not a lot going on, and I can focus. There you go. Well, that's that's part of the virtue, which brings me to your creative process, because um, I'm not an artist to begin with. So I, I, I am always intrigued about the creative process. And, and I've talked to, uh, you know, people that uh, write poems, people that like you uh, work on a sculpture. But uh, in any event, I'd like to know yours. How is your creative process? You see something that gets your attention, how that is translated into a beautiful piece. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, uh, typically somebody, I do almost 100% commission work, which is why I'm really excited about 
my distortion series that is called Left of Center. But almost 100% commission work, I do uh, one to two public monuments a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting into the public art market was very difficult, but now I have a good size portfolio that supports my obtaining these new commissions for public art. So because they're large and much larger than Fearless Girl, in fact, I hadn't sculpted a child for probably 12 years. Um, I typically make a, I use pencil rod or rebar, and I make a small model or maquette. That's what it's called, M-A-Q-U-E-T-T-E. It's a French word Mm -hmm. for for the miniature model. Mm -hmm. And then about, I'd say about, just about 19 years, just about the time that I came back to Delaware and set up shop here in Lewis, this uh, maybe, God, I think it was like six months before I, I came back from my apprenticeship in New Jersey. The Johnson Atelier, where I did my apprenticeship, brought the first digital enlargement machine from Italy to the United States. And so I saw it in action, and this is a robotic uh, <clears throat> arm that can carve, you know, foam or stone in the same mm-hmm. position or the same form is what's scanned into that computer program, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's digital enlargement, and I was very intrigued by that because I work by myself. And traditionally, I would take plumbing pipe and weld it and cut it and put it all together and, and bolt wood on there or something that I could glue the foam to. Mm-hmm. And then I would take up space by gluing foam on there and carving it down and then putting my clay on there. And using that process, I used a lot of clay. The result was a very heavy piece where frequently I would have, like, five guys come over to the studio to help me put the thing on a truck. Mm-hmm. With this digital enlargement process, I make this maquette or miniature. It gets shipped to either someone who can scan the clay or to a mold maker who makes the mold, casts the wax, and then the wax gets uh, scanned in, using this little wand. It's like a laser beam that you point on the surface of the miniature and you make sure that you cover the entire surface and it gets plugged into a computer program that's a a 3D program where you can actually see if you missed an area. It's very interesting to see Mm. it. So once they know that they've, they've gathered all of the information off of the miniature, it gets keyed into this program and then they have a three axis or seven axis robotic arm that this information gets fed to. So what I get back is pieces of pipe insulation foam, which weighs two pounds per square foot, in the shape of my miniature model and enlarged at whatever, you know, whatever multiple I tell them. Mm-hmm. So I, I might send the miniature and say, okay, I need you to mill this at 300%. And it comes back to me like these puzzle pieces, Guy and Amina, mm-hmm. and I have to glue them together. A lot of the undercuts are, you know, need to be recarved out. And then, you know, when you go from miniature to large, things need to change. So mm-hmm. invariably, you know, the head size will be off, or I need to change the angle of the head because now 
mm-hmm. you know, I'm underneath the piece and it needs, and I can't see the face, so I, I might want to tip it down. So I make all those changes in this lightweight foam, and if I want to change the angle of an arm, it's so fantastic. I just cut it off, mm-hmm. and then I'll put a wedge of foam, and I'll reposition it with the glue at a different angle. It's wonderful. So when I built Fearless Girl, after using this process for 10-plus years, mm-hmm. I, I am really sculpting in the foam, you see. And mm-hmm. then I'm putting a thin skin of clay on top, and I'm modeling the surface. So I built her out of foam, and then I used a die grinder, which is a pneumatic tool, connected to my air compressor with various sanding bits on it to just get my basic shape. Then I put clay on it and modeled the surface. Mm-hmm. And that gave me a figure that, you know, in the beginning of our, our initial discussion, the committee and myself, we thought that we, we might need to bring this girl up to Bowling Green Park in New York City and make sure that her head was angled at the right angle to be looking at charging bull. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, we didn't end up doing that, and we just kind of spun the, the figure around until we got it where we wanted it in bronze. Right. Um, but so that's my process. So, you know, I, it, and then, I mean, it's a long process. I don't know how long is the show. <laughs> it's, it's a long, no, I just wanted to have a sense because certainly in, for each discipline and for each art is very personal. Sometimes it's messy, sometimes it's very organized, but in any event, Um, thanks for sharing at least part of, of this uh, elaborated process that people might not know. Let me go right. back a little bit to Fearless Girl. Um, let, and, let me talk before we do that and let, let me tell you, it's yes. messy for me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is a messy, it's a messy, messy business. I don't always like that, but that's the way it is. Right, right. And and that's the beauty of it. And you stick to it. And and there's talent involved in the whole process, conceiving, uh, the application, the whole thing. Um, So in going back to Fearless Girl, because we have uh, uh, not much time left, believe me, when when you are having fun, things fly so fast. Uh, (laughs) Right. Um, So talking about uh, these these, uh, Fearless Girl, which is outstanding. I have to say, when when I first saw it, it took my breath away. Uh, Oh, the position, the the disposition, the face, the hands, the attitude, the movement, and and all that in front of a charging bull is so reflecting of our times. Well, thank you, thank you for all of those comments. But yes, I mean, we wanted you know a modern child, and and look, you know what we're calling for is collaboration in leadership between men and women. And mm-hmm. it's, what's so beautiful is that the concept on Fearless Girl was a collaborative process where everybody was throwing out their ideas. And, 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 and I think it's a better design because of it. Okay, so maybe I just listened carefully and I'm the only one that did the sketching in the, in the clay model. But, you know, the, the, the concept was truly collaborative. And what we wanted was a child that was modern, that says it's today's child, and that child represents the future of business, and that women are going to be a large part of that business world in the future, and that they 
women and men are on equal footing in business. So, you know, the State Street Global Advisors message was, hey, we are seeing study after study after study after study that makes a case for the inclusion of women at the leadership level for these better business decisions. And what happened that maybe we really didn't plan on was that the piece itself and this call for gender diversity also highlighted these women's empowerment issues, women's equality issues of equal, equal pay for equal work and representation of women in leadership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the emails and messages I'm getting from around the world are, are far beyond just business. This work has become a symbol for the solidarity of women and the empowerment of women. And it's very, very exciting to see, to see that a piece of art can, can stir up a conversation like that. Well, it's there you go. It, it's provoking conversations and continue provoking conversations, which is I the know, intention. Okay. Yeah, it, well, you know, the intention, we thought it was going to be there for four days, then it was going to be a week, then it was going to be a month, and we were able to get this grant, so we have a full year there. But, you know, the time for Fearless Girl ends on February 28th, and that's going to be a week before the next International Women's Day. So, you know, I think this is going to be a constant issue until until maybe the leadership of New York, you know, embraces Changes minds. Well, we, we vote for you to stay, for Fearless Girl to stay where it should be because it belongs in the corridors of power. It does belong because to remove it, would diminish all of these things that the work is symbolic of. Indeed. So, and with that, guess what, my dear friend? We run out of time. Well, it was such a pleasure, Kia and Mina. Thank you so much. A pleasure to talking to you, Kristen. The best, the best of luck. Okay, well, thank you. Thank Bye. you.